0: Hello, this is Supriti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 15th of March. In the highest single-day rise in infections in nearly three months, India registered over 26,000 coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the tally to over 1 crore 13 lakhs. 118 deaths were reported in the same time period, taking the deaths toll to over 1,58,000. Maharashtra recorded this year's highest one-day spike of 16,620 new coronavirus cases yesterday, pushing the state tally to over 23 lakhs. Delhi has also seen an uptick in the number of daily cases, with state health officials tracking areas from where three or more cases are being recorded, Indian Express reported. A senior state health department official said, and I quote, till Monday, there were three clusters from where three or more cases were reported. This has now increased to seven. We are continuously keeping track of such areas as it can lead to a spread of infection. Contacts are being immediately traced, end quote. The official added that they are also keeping a check on whether the surge is due to a new strain of the coronavirus based on which a new strategy would be devised. In a joint op-ed article published in The Washington Post, Quad countries leaders, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, US President Joe Biden, Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Japan Prime Minister Joshi suga pledged to expand vaccine production in India. They said, and I quote, The pandemic is amongst the greatest risks to health and economic stability in recent history and we must work in partnership to stop it in its tracks. Together, we pledge to expand and accelerate production in India of safe, accessible, and effective vaccines. We will partner at each stage to ensure that vaccines are administered throughout the Indo Pacific region into 2022. Globally, COVID 19 has infected more than 119.8 million people and killed over 2.6 million, according to Johns Hopkins University the Netherlands and Ireland are the latest countries to suspend the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine. However, British-Sweden company AstraZeneca on Sunday said that a safety review of people inoculated with its coronavirus vaccine has shown no evidence of increased risk of blood clots. Eight months after leaked phone conversations between a union minister and Congress leaders in Rajasthan triggered a political crisis in the state and gave rise to allegations of illegal phone taps, the government of Chief Minister Ashok Gailot has confirmed that phones were indeed intercepted, Indian Express reported. The confirmation was posted on the Rajasthan Assembly website in response to a question of the government during a House session in August 2020. BJP MLA, Kalicharan Saraf had asked, and I quote, Is it true that phone-tapping cases have come up in the last days? If yes, under which law and on whose orders, place full details on the table of the house? End quote. After a delay of several months, the government said, and I quote, In the interest of public safety or public order, and to prevent the occurrence of a crime which might risk public safety or public order, telephones are intercepted after an approval by the competent officer telephone interception has been done by the rajasthan police under the above provision and only after obtaining permission from the competent officer End quote. however the government has not specified the telephone numbers that were intercepted nor the time for which they were put under surveillance it has only said that interception cases are reviewed by the chief secretary rajasthan who presides over the meetings as per rules all cases until november 2020 have been reviewed The crisis in the Rajasthan Congress and its government began in July 2020, after recordings of phone conversations among Union Jal Shakti Minister Gajendra Singh Shikhavad, then Rajasthan Tourism Minister Vishwendra Singh and Congress MLA Bhanwar Lal Sharma, among others, were leaked. A day after the audio clips were circulated, the Special Operations Group of the Rajasthan Police used them as a basis for an FIR against Shikhawat and Sharma among others for allegedly trying to topple the state government. Chief Minister Gehlot had claimed at the time that it was not the way of his government to tap the phones of ministers and MLAs. In August, the Sachin pilot camp had accused Gehlot of tapping the phones of some MLAs who were staying at a resort in Jaisalmer. To this, the police had clarified that no unit of Rajasthan police is involved in tapping phones of any MLA or MP and nor was it conducted earlier. Four days after suffering injuries at Nandigram, West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee led a Trinamul Congress march on a wheelchair yesterday. She said, and I quote, I am hurt and unwell, but my goal remains. My body is full of bruises, but my pain is not greater than the suffering of people as democracy is being trampled through dictatorship. I will continue to roam around Bengal on this wheelchair, end quote. On the same day, the BJP wrote a letter to the Chief Electoral Officer of West Bengal requesting that the details of Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee's medical treatment post her injury be made public. India Today reported that the letter read, and I quote, It is extremely important that the entire medical record of her treatment be put out in the public domain. It's necessary that the truth be brought out before the public, so that staged incidents do not repeat, to deceive the masses and manipulate their voting choices. End quote. The chief minister had sustained injuries on her leg during a visit to Nandikram on Wednesday, where she had gone to file her nomination papers. NDTV reported today that the Election Commission, which had ordered an investigation into the matter, said there is no evidence that the chief minister came under an attack. Calling it an accident, the commission said that the chief minister's security protocol was flouted after reviewing reports sent by its two special poll observers and the state government. As you can tell, the elections will most definitely be packed with action and our reporters will be in the thick of it to bring you the reality on the ground from all five states, Assam, Bengal, Kerala, Puducherry and Tamil Nadu. So, help fund our election coverage by contributing to our NL Sena project called Assembly Elections 2021. We are one third of the way there to our goal and your contribution will directly fund our election coverage. While you're on the website, you can also check out some of our ground reports, including the one I wrote on the political benefits the ARP and the BJP are seeking to reap after a Chandni Chalk temple removed by the High Court was rebuilt last month. The report is titled, Who Built the Chandni Chalk Temple Removed by the High Court? Dear listeners, our team can report from the ground only because you support us. We are an independent news platform, producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers. So, if you aren't a subscriber already, join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Our lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Speaking at a rally in Margarita district in Assam, Union Home Minister Amit Shah claimed that there would be no more agitations in the state and infiltration will be a thing of the past in the next five years if the BJP is voted in power, the Sentinel reported. Shah added that if the BJP were to come back to par, Assam's biggest problem, which is its annual floods, would also be solved. He said floodwaters would be diverted to big reservoirs, which in turn would become tourist destinations. He did not provide any details as to how this would be achieved. Referring to Assam's perennial problem of undocumented migration, he said, and I quote, Let me know what is your choice, violence or peace? gun or employment, infiltration or development. Can Rahul with Ajmal put an end to infiltration in Assam? If you vote for the Congress, it will go to Ajmal's AIUDF, one which is being viewed by many in Assam as the protector of illegal immigrants. When we have governments in these three states, which are West Bengal, Tripura and Assam, no infiltrator from Bangladesh will dare enter India. End quote. Congress in charge of the state, Jitendra Singh, responded to Shah's claims yesterday. He said, and I quote, Before coming to power in 2016, the BJP had promised to protect Jati Mati Bheti, or Community, Land and Base. But by bringing in the Citizenship Amendment Act, it is giving a red-carpet welcome to illegal immigrants, which in turn threatens the language, culture and identity of the people of Assam. End quote. The state will go to the polls between March 27th and April 6th in three phases to elect 126 members of the Legislative Assembly. The counting of votes will be done on May 2nd. Mary Jo Assistant General Counsel and Regional Head at Microsoft Digital Crimes Unit Asia, told Indian Express yesterday that there has been an exponential increase in state or state-sponsored and government-affiliated groups carrying out cyber attacks on non-government organizations such as advocacy and human rights groups as well as think tanks in India over the last one year. She said, and I quote, There are probably different motives behind such attacks, but that is something that we have seen is increasing. We are also seeing an increase in attacks on the manufacturing sector. It is not clear whether it is a multifaceted attack, but you can see where the attack is happening from. End quote. In India, such attacks had been observed on major pharmaceutical companies, such as Dr. Reddy's Laboratories and Lupin, in October and November last year, respectively. Express reported that the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology has since stepped up its efforts on monitoring and vigilance of any possible attacks on Indian companies in the vaccine, logistics, pharmaceutical and power sector. It has further asked them to report any and all major cyber security incidents to the Computer Emergency Response Team every week. Shrad added that it was easier to manage and respond to such incidents in India as law enforcement agencies in the country have the foundation that is needed to understand the issues around cyber attacks. The Hindu community in Pakistan's Khyber Pakhtunkhwa has decided to pardon the mob that vandalised and burned down a century-old temple in the province. The local clerics and members of the Hindu community held a meeting over the weekend to resolve the dispute. An apology has been tendered by the accused over the attack as well as for a similar incident that took place in 1997, Indian Express reported. The Muslim clerics have assured full protection to the Hindus and their rights as per the country's constitution. A reconciliation statement from the meeting will also be presented to the Supreme Court to secure the release of the accused from detention. On December 30th last year, a mob led by some local clerics and members of a radical Islamist party, Jamayat Ulema Islam, vandalised the temple and an adjoining samadhi and set it on fire in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa's Karak district. The attack on the temple had drawn strong condemnation from human rights activists and the minority Hindu community leaders, prompting the Supreme Court to order its reconstruction. Nearly 50 people have been arrested in the case. Following the incident, India had lodged a strong protest with Pakistan, with the Ministry of External Affairs conveying its concerns to the Pakistan High Commission in New Delhi over the repeated instances of similar incidents and atrocities against the members of the minority community. Chinese state media reported on Sunday that once the country establishes a lunar research station, its astronauts will stay on the moon for long periods of time as they conduct scientific studies. China has mapped out a series of uncrewed missions this decade, including the setting up of a robotic base to explore the moon's south polar region. Wu Weiren, the chief designer of China's lunar exploration program, said, and I quote, Compared to American astronauts who could only stay for tens of hours after landing on the moon, Chinese astronauts will stay on the moon for a longer period of time. This will be a long-term stay on the moon, not a short-term stop. Quote. NASA plans to return astronauts to the moon's surface by 2024, after its last crewed landing in 1972. While Wu said that Chinese rockets currently do not have sufficient thrust to send astronauts to the moon, China aims to make breakthroughs in rocket design in 2021-2025. to He added that China's next mission to the moon would involve retrieval of lunar samples of the South Pole. Subsequent missions would involve a detailed survey of resources in the South Pole, as well as the testing of key technologies in preparation for the construction of the research station. That's all the news we have for you today.